At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lombic here at The World Messenger, and I have a very special guest today on the podcast, The Legacy Leader Show. This guest is coming directly from Aston, Texas, and I cannot wait for her to tell you more about herself. But I just want to highlight that I absolutely love her bubbly, positive energy. She is recruiting and staffing for people for operation and administration aspects of it. Oh, Google, yes, the big G and absolutely loves people and obviously leverage technology extremely well very active on linkedin and as millennial obviously showing what is possible how we can really place amazingly in digital world so without further ado let's welcome jennifer jennifer gerby how are you doing i am doing just fine a little tired you know i always believe in being honest so it's been busy the past couple of weeks pandemic and hiring and whatnot. Many people don't have jobs, but, but other than that, I am doing just fine. How are you? Excellent. Uh, absolutely similar, but I have to say it's important to find a time and it's important to speak about things that matter, which is, you already nailed it, two of those three, which is, of course, pandemic situation and everything that is going on, people finding a job and resources, but also obviously navigating all of that, right? And then really diving into how somebody possibly, I'm sure so many people are interested, could be part of the amazing culture of Big G, which is the Google culture. Yes. Um, so I totally agree. It, there's been uh, so much reach out, I would say, on my end, um, just because of my LinkedIn networking. I have so many people just reaching out to contact me um, about how to better their resume and how they can better improve their chances. So I have really enjoyed just getting to work in this space where I can um, help empower people to, you know, go for those opportunities that that they don't think they have a chance for or to to go for that dream that they're worried about failing at you know i'm i'm in the middle of those things myself i'm actually trying to start a, a side business right now and become an entrepreneur and and you know trying to pave my own way myself so i, tr I try to lead the charge while also um learning myself because there's there's so much to learn Absolutely it is, but I just love your energy because you are not confirming and not putting yourself in one box and it's kind of being put there and staying there. You are absolutely active and looking things from multiple different angles. And I really see a lot of people are stuck and they just do very linear approach. And I just want to kudos you number one for you just did a recently your first Google Live. Uh, or a LinkedIn Live, I'm sorry, uh, which was fantastic. I just get on towards uh, end of tail of it, but uh, for anybody watching, listening, you can guys find it on Jennifer's um, LinkedIn, uh, highlighted in her story. But the beauty is you breaking all the fears and then just going right at it. And it's like, what happens, happens. Nobody's perfect. But if we are having good intention, great things happen, doesn't it? Right, right. And you know, and it's not even that I would say, it, it's about putting the fear aside, right? Because I, I am scared, you know, I, I could fail. I, I started doing all these things and, 
And, but it's putting that, that fear aside and saying, you know what, if I do fail, I fail and I'm going to make a lesson out of this and I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow and I'm going to use this to inspire myself, inspire others, and just kind of take that journey of adversity and, and flip it on its head and make it something that defines you in a good way rather than something that is meant to hold you back. Absolutely. And, and that's why I want to make sure that listeners and viewers are hearing this very clearly because yes, we act in despite of fear. And when we do actually things are not as terrifying and as dangerous or shocking as we may think, right? Right. I mean, most of the time, what are you scared of? You know, are you, you're scared that someone's not going to like you. You're scared that you're going to look dumb. You're scared that you're going to, whatever the problem is. But I feel like oftentimes we, we lose sight of the picture, which is honestly, people around you don't, don't care that much about what you're doing. You know, no one's sitting here like with you under a microscope, like, oh, is Isabella going to fail? Is Jennifer going to fail? You know, we, we put this on ourselves because we're scared of how we're going to look. And when you can get past, you know, how you're perceived by others, um, obviously not in a bad way, we need to be empathetic, good people, but, but when you can put that fear aside and really just live your life for who you are and what really uh, fulfills you, you're going to be so much happier and, and just, you're going to bring so much more to the table. Absolutely. Being outside of your head, right? And then taking action and taking action. Obviously you are being action taker. And I see you again with your activities, with your posts, with your videos. And I always say for digital footprint, for your voice to matter, even though you young, why I wanted you on the show. And everybody's like, you usually think it's like legacy leader show all for seasoned elder group of, uh, you know, very accomplished individuals. And I was like, this is uh, absolutely, everybody has something to contribute to their table and their own accomplishments, but they're also inspired future legacy leaders where they are truly obviously carving and creating their path forward by um, creating opportunities. And since like you created some really amazing opportunity, and I know a little bit of a background story, how you end up into Google and what actions you took it together. Do you mind sharing so the people really understand nothing usually just gets served and handed to you specifically right now in this climate? And how did you, um, with your actions, carved and jumped on some amazing opportunity? And as a result, now so many beautiful things opening for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to share. Um, my story is it's interesting, I'd say, um, but I, I think it's really inspiring for people out there, especially in the service industry, because that's really where I was working more so before I actually came to Google. Um, so I got my degree from Texas Tech University. I had originally planned on being a nurse. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And, you know, my mom's a nurse, my grandma's a nurse. Okay, I'll be a nurse. Uh, and I've always been good at science. And so I just kind of went with whatever. Um, and it ended up not working out for me. Uh, I had a 4.0, uh, but I did actually didn't make it into nursing school because I didn't have enough volunteer hours. They do wow. require you to have a certain number of like clinical volunteer hours in order to qualify. Um, and I explained to them in my essay, you know, like I'm working 40 hours a week and going to school. Like I, I would love to volunteer, but I don't have time. Um, and it, it's funny how life works out. You know, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason because it didn't work out for me. And Honestly, it's one of the best things that ever happened to me because it pushed me in a completely different direction and it made me adapt and it made me grow. Um, so I ended up getting my degree in nutrition because I didn't want to stay in college forever after I didn't make it into nursing school. It's like, what do you do with these credits, right? A lot of college kids find themselves in this situation and, and end up just getting a degree to finish. 
Um, and then, so that's where I ended up. And I, I felt very aimless. I felt like, um, you know, what am I going to do with this? I, I had to get a master's degree in order to really get jobs that were worth my while with my degree. And again, working full time, I didn't have time to, to do that, to, to put in more time uh, for both. And so in order to sort of make ends meet, I ended up bartending. And I was a bartender for five years, um, working at nightclubs, various bars. Um, and, you know, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm a people person. I love chatting and mixology is great, but, um, you know, it can be a very toxic environment. And so I, I worked my way up in my side hustle, which was promotions, um, liquor promotions, working with companies like Crown Royal and Jack Daniels. I worked my way up to the manager position for my regional market. And I just kind of, you know, worked my tail off and, and really started to make a difference there. Um, and that's really what got me to Google. It's just that it, it wasn't enough, my side hustle, even combined with my bartending. And I really, I wanted something more and I wanted a career where I could grow and thrive. And so I knew I needed to, to push myself and take myself out of that comfort zone. And, and it ended up working out for me and it's truly been a blessing. Fantastic. And thank you for sharing that so that anybody can really understand what's important to them, what do you like to accomplish, and then figure out the path forward. And, and who you probably didn't have no idea that Google will be it, but right now, obviously, it is. And work that you do at Google, do you mind just sharing? Obviously, I, first of all, as an as a, as a, uh, uh, employee of Google, of things that you do for Google currently, and then things that you've seen, obviously, because I know that your skill is phenomenal in terms of reviewing the quality of resume, matching properly with the position, but I'm also seeing a lot of nuances and details there. If you don't mind, just also give a little bit of perspective. What is your day looking like? Because um, people don't realize how recruiters are busy and how much is happening there. And what we also need to learn as possible employers or employees, uh, what we need to be looking for. Right, right. Um, so what I do at Google is really interesting. It's um, my job is like part recruiting, part kind of sourcing, um, and definitely part like consultant. So I partner directly with the recruiters and work in recruiting um, to help review candidate resumes and to help decide whether or not candidates um, can move forward in the hiring process. And it's a really unique space to work in because you sort of have direct uh, influence over the job descriptions being posted um, and can really help to make sure that we're bringing in the most like equitable pipeline, the most diverse pipeline. You know, we love to hire, um, you know, diverse candidates, candidates from, you know, non-traditional backgrounds. And that's really how you're able to find these sorts of candidates is by, is by using real human eyes, um, taking a look, looking for those more diverse backgrounds and making sure that the job descriptions you post are going to attract um, the right qualified talent. So I consult with the recruiters and, um, you know, directly let them know trends that I see in candidates, you know, maybe we're seeing too many project managers and that's not really what we're looking for. Like, how can we edit this job description to make sure we're, we're finding the people we need to find. So it's, it's amazing sometimes just how like divided out it is because of how complicated recruiting can be. I'm just one tiny cog in, in the wheel that is like the hiring manager, the recruiter, the, the sourcer, and, and we are all just one team um, that functions as a whole to, to help bring the best candidates to Google. 
That is fantastic. And guys, if you miss this piece, when she mentioned that they are, Google gets, I can't even imagine how many resumes and hits and interests from people every minute, let alone through a day, let alone through a week. They're using real people to scan and pre-qualify every candidate. So did you hear that? So, wow. So it's not automated. It's not computerized and has a very different structure and they're taking it very, very seriously. So with that in mind, for things you can divulge with us, please, what do you see of what some of the common mistakes that people are making outside of Google, regardless, uh, as, a, as a someone with that expertise, with that niche to understand where people can really help themselves uh, and improve a little bit, uh, not only the way maybe his resume is structured, but things that they truly are interested in, how they feel that are matching very well with the, with the, with the job description or position. Yeah, so there's definitely some like big offenders that it doesn't matter, you know, what company you're applying for, where, where you're going, where you want to go, um, that people typically do. And I'd say one of the biggest things is to tailor your resume to the job description or just make sure that the language is reflected accurately. Um, just because there can sometimes be a misunderstanding, like when different verbiage is used and, you know, you might think that you are conveying on your resume that you have a certain experience, but if the job, if the job experience itself versus it another way, you want to say it the way they said it. So, you know, if they're asking for project management and you said project leader for, you know, this coding project, change that to project manager for coding project. You know, you wanna make sure you always reflect the language that they use because that's a very simple example, but oftentimes when it gets more complicated, it's not always easy to tell that the experience you're trying to convey mm -hmm. is the same as the experience that we're asking for. So make sure you always uh, match the verbiage used. If you do have that proper experience, it just uh, ensures that we're going to be able to definitely tell. Um, and as well, I'd say, especially for, for younger people like myself, millennials, um, you don't need to have a one page resume. That's one thing I tell people all the time. You know, if it's between like cramming all your stuff on one tiny page and like making it a tiny font and I can't see anything and you know, that, that doesn't represent you well, you know, if you need to move it to two pages, move to two pages. And if you're definitely more like established in your field, feel free to move to three. Um, you know, this one page resume rule that people you know, I don't know who started that rumor years ago, but it's a lie and it's not true because people <laughs> don't submit their resumes like that anymore and you don't want to sell yourself short. So, so put your work experience on there, obviously be concise. You don't, we don't need to know everything you did, but, um, you know, put your impactful things and the things where you were able to make a change and make a difference. That's really what we want to see. Wow, I love when you said it, offenders, uh, and it's such a great term uh, to explain that. But I love also what you said in terms of that one pager, it is, the no is not the norm and it's okay to add more to it and highlight. But I also, as you, as you pointed out, if some, some people I, I know sometimes could be very confusing, but the communication is absolutely pivotal for everything we do in, in the business, right? For any company or including ourselves in our own role and specifically we have our own company. So anything that contributes um, outside of that contribution in writing, uh, publishing uh, in magazines or the books or authorship that really does highlight that skill or opportunities to convey a message. I think it's also very, very essential. And a lot of times I can see like people get confused. It's like, but you all of this is like, do you have a time for anything else? It's like, 
very interesting perspective because some people also just wanted to see just the job and nothing else. And they're also very skittish about if you're doing multiple things. And I'm curious, what is your take on that? To me, I feel like I'd rather have somebody who is creative and capable and diverse and can pivot their skill set in many ways versus that very linear approach. No, I think that's great. If you're working multiple jobs at a time or, you know, working in multiple fields at a time, I think that only makes you a stronger candidate. You have a more diversified background. You're going to sort of be a jack of all trades. I'd say the only time that that really doesn't work in your favor in regards to resumes is if your stints at places are very short. Uh, recruiters don't want to see you, you know, working at one place for six months and then another place uh, six months later and then another place six months later. You know, they want to see um, you stick around that sort of like loyalty because it's really hard, um, you know, in any job to once you get adjusted that that period usually takes a couple of months. And then, you know, how can you really enact change in such a short amount of time. So as long as you are, you know, giving it a good shot at the different, you know, places you're at or a different experience you experiences you want to be a part of. I, I think that that does work totally to your benefit. That's fantastic. So Google is obviously hiring and then it's a lot of new job postings every day. And I know that a lot of people are very, very eager. I know um, to dream to come true at least to be part of the Google, even if it's on contractual basis or specific projects. So do you mind now sharing a little bit about Google culture? Because I'm sure people are it's like, you know, I knew it from two, three, four years ago. And I know that even then since things dramatically changed, I was in Google office in uh, San Francisco in Google office in Boulder, Colorado. So we're just really interesting perspective, but now it's like with the pandemic, with virtual work and everything else, what is the culture like? How are you guys are navigating in all these crazy changes and still keep going and thriving. Right, right. Um, well, personally, I think it's been great. Um, you know, Google's so big that it's, you know, the culture in general is good from what I hear from everybody. But, you know, we are in so many cities and so many different places that, of course, it does vary from, from team to team, place to place. But in my personal experience with Google has been um, nothing short of, you know, phenomenal. I, I work on a team with amazing leaders who lead with empathy, who lead with, um, you know, honesty and transparency and who push for us to be able to learn what we need to learn and to be in charge of our own space and to do the things we want to do. And it has just been great. It allows you, you know, time on the side to, to work on projects of your own, to develop yourself, which is so important because personal development is essential for employee retention and it's essential just for happy employees and a positive culture. Um, and so they really push for that. And, and my team and my boss, she is just wonderful about, uh, you know, sort of leading that charge. Work from home life definitely has been harder. Um, Google has tried its best to adapt, I'd say, like every other tech company out there, but we definitely do, um, you know, fall short in some ways as humans, you know, trying to train people online via the computer has been very interesting as opposed to being able to, you know, train them in person and really give them that like positive culture experience. So just trying to make sure you stay connected um, with those newer people and and keep up those like sort of fun times and that that you know bright spirit between each other is just really important to make sure that that your team is cohesive i think that is wonderful and that is awesome i'm, I'm glad to hear that because obviously uh, a lot of organizations are still not 
very comfortable and trying uh, to navigate and, and understanding also the, how their team are really doing uh, while they're working virtually. And I feel like every issue around the culture, and I know you're very passionate about culture too, and culture is obviously part of the leadership aspects doesn't happen on its own and needs to be developed, preserved, and integrated very well across the organization. But I'm seeing a lot of issues uh, where, where still so many people are struggling with some of the basic stuff from working from home. So what some of your tips would be, because I know um, for us extroverts, we love contact, so this is a great way through this uh, opportunity from chatting for, for an hour and sharing some great value. But you know, nothing really that can replace that human touch and human interaction face to face, right? So what would you recommend for people that are really struggling or even if their organizations are not necessarily fostering good infrastructure, what would you recommend for them A, to either do it on their own or ask, but definitely to make sure that their teams are having? Yeah, I'd say you could definitely go both ways. I'm all for communicating with your leadership. Um, and, you know, if you're in the kind of environment where you can't communicate with your leadership or you don't feel comfortable communicating with your leadership, I would probably leave that sort of place because you, it's essential, you know, it's essential that you be able to talk to those who are, you know, quote unquote above you or that you answer to, you know, because if you can't speak to them about problems going on and if they aren't willing to hear feedback about their performance or your culture in general, um, then then your team's going to suffer. You, you need to have that sort of like open-minded mentality. Um, but on the other hand, as far as things you can do yourself, um, I definitely recommend structure. You know, if you're the type of person who likes a schedule and you haven't already started doing this from work from home, and I struggle some days, but I, I try to wake up at like 6.30 every day, get ready, shower, you know, work out, um, do those sorts of things because it really is going to get you in the right mindset. And, and once you get in that right mindset, I would say, you know, stay social with your coworkers. On Monday mornings, every morning, I have a little reminder on my calendar that reminds me to set up uh, three coffee chats that week. And so like coffee chats on our team is just like a half an hour. You schedule it with someone on the team and you just talk about whatever. You can talk about work. You can talk about your struggles at work. You can talk about your personal life, whatever you want. But, but take that time to connect and, and try to rotate who you, you know, spend time with, you know, you don't want to always spend time with the same four teammates, four coworkers, you know, get to know other people. Um, they can teach you things that you probably don't know, and they can broaden your horizons. And, and you'd be surprised sometimes people who you didn't think you wanted to get to know after you start to can, can be some of the people you end up closest to after all. That is phenomenal advice. And I love the specific uh, three coffee a week so that you have certain target goal and vision for it. What are you trying to accomplish beside your regular task and duties that really helps you to navigate other relationships, connections, and people. That is phenomenal. Um, so with those ideas, guys, I'm sure some of you already may be implementing that, but um, I find it that socializing through virtual ways definitely does help. So it's not always the work related, as you mentioned, but it is the opportunity for us to um, just be human and have the human and natural interaction where we genuinely care. And you might be surprised what people share, as you said, and, and, and who you end up to be closest to and the best friend on the end, in the end, sorry. Fantastic. So with that in mind, obviously, great culture, people are coming across with the great quality uh, of, of resumes and talent, hiring process, expansion. So would you mind sharing, obviously, 
what is really happening? Where is Google headed in, in the years to come? I know that uh, as, a, as a global company of, of the ranking that it has on Fortune uh, 500 scale, obviously, everybody's looking up to. And, and, and I know that obviously organizations that are lagging, they have to catch up or they will be pretty soon gone, right? So with that in mind, do you mind just sharing a little bit about uh, the future forefront, what they're doing to plan and, 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 and create the path forward? Yeah, yeah. So in, in my opinion, I actually think that they're a little bit behind almost in this pandemic in the sense that they haven't, at least from my, what I've seen, put out any sort of official announcement about um, you know, setting up like a work from home permanently. I know Twitter and Facebook has talked about, um, you know, allowing their employees, you know, after this pandemic, it showed them that really their employees can work virtually. So why not let them? Um, and Google has yet to make that announcement. So I'm hoping they move towards that route because it, it allows people so much more freedom in their schedule, which improves productivity um, and is only going to, you know, bolster them and, and make everything better. So I'm really hoping they move to that model. Um, I would miss a lot of things about being in the office, though. There are some great things there. You know, they feed us breakfast and lunch every day, which is wonderful. And, and yes, we're very spoiled. Um, but in that sense that it's, uh, you know, when you don't have to worry about those things, you can also be more productive. So I find that working from home sometimes is hard because I have to stop. I have to, you know, let my dogs out. I have to make myself lunch. I have to do this and that. Whereas in that sort of work environment, everything runs very streamlined. You know, you go upstairs, your lunch is ready, you grab it, you eat, you're back to work. Um, so I think it's a give and take and what is more efficient, but I do hope they move to that route. And I think most of the tech companies will be moving that way as well. Now realizing that not only is it more productive, but they can also save a lot of money by not feeding their employees and necessarily having these like large, um, grandiose facilities. So I think that's where we're headed more of a virtual world. Um, and looking forward to see what that looks like. Uh, that is fantastic. And I'm glad you touched on that uh, because uh, you're right. I mean, looking just, I was just uh, uh, checking some things in downtown Denver and seeing the gorgeous building from Slack, for example, that is still not utilized, you know, during pandemic and seeing all the businesses in downtown, they're being shut for months and months and months. And, and you're right. It's like, where's the, where are the people that are they coming out all this year? And then also all those companies and all the bosses that thought, unless I see my employees and check making sure they're here I don't believe they're doing any work but we know very well also when they're coming such a either rigid or or uh, overcoming overcoming many obstacles to show up to the work through traffic jams and delays and stressors and parking issues um, they're already exhausted they're already tired and they by the time they arrive they're by their desk productivity and disengagement goes dramatically down because you have all of the other personal issues that are still waiting for you. Kids, you know, personal stuff, you cannot do it because you were Monday to Friday at your desk. And um, I, I'm, I'm really excited about virtual world as well. And I think this is gonna make us closer, but also from global business management perspective and globalization, I feel like now you have a much more bigger pool uh, of talent, don't you? Because now you're not necessarily hiring position in San Francisco or Austin, Texas with people that are already physically there, not necessarily even maybe that are in the United States. So do you mind sharing a little bit about that uh, aspects, how we're not seeing virtualization and globalization emerging in such an interesting blend? Yeah, I think that that is definitely a great point you make. That is, that is the way of the future, I think, as well. 
You know, there's so many, um, you know, people from various parts of the world who are so many great at so many things. And oftentimes in hiring, we're limited by, by work authorizations. You know, if, if we can't get an authorization for a visa, then we simply can't get it. And you could be the best candidate literally in the whole wide world. But if we can't get it, then unfortunately, we can't get you physically here where you need to be. Um, and so this is going to allow us to really find the best candidates for roles, no matter what, no matter where they come from. And, and it's really going to open up our talent pool. And I'm really excited for the, the effects are gonna, that are going to trickle down, down the road. Um, so excited to see what that looks like. I think that the strongest candidates in that sense will definitely be the ones who have more language skills as we grow into this virtual world. Because, um, you know, obviously if you're someone in India, you know, trying to work virtually in the U.S., you, know, you need to speak English, things, things like that. Very simple, very obvious that we all know. But, yes. um, you know, yeah. upskilling like that is going to be essential um, as we move more towards that dynamic. Fantastic. And one of the things I want to ask, obviously, which is a little bit uh, tricky and challenging that everybody is dealing with that quite a bit with everything that is going on in the United States, obviously, big thing that I'm seeing now finally getting um, for worse or for better or worse, uh, more attention is obviously that true, genuine diversity and inclusion in workforce. Uh, of the workforce and in a working environment. So do you mind sharing a little bit about that perspective? Because um, I know in the past, a lot of companies that I consulted with will do that kind of like as a norm or as a part of equation that need to have versus as truly genuinely culture that embraces and naturally gravitates and attracts and again, keeps and sustains those steps of individuals. So, um, I'm curious what Google is doing to make uh, that even more so robust and more visible. Yeah, yeah, of course. I think one of the great things they do um, that helps to just continue to attract diverse talent is um, that, you know, they don't just like preach about diversity. I can speak to the fact that like on my team, we actually like, we talk about diversity on a weekly basis. Like we have a little diversity meeting on our team where we, you know, like last week we talked about um, the deaf community and how it's been really hard for the deaf community because of the face masks and you can't see mouths and they can't, they can't yeah. tell people yeah. are seeing. And it's a big problem, you know, and, and the week before that it was, you know, World Mental Health Week, we talked about anxiety and anxiety disorders and how not to burn yourself out. And, you know, we talk about disabilities and we, we take time off to, to learn about these things in our workday because they are so important. And because if you educate yourself and you know make yourself a better human essentially, you're only going to be a better employee um, because you're gonna be kinder, more empathetic, more understanding, and, and just you know being open to those sorts of things, I feel like just continues to breed and foster an environment that just um, you know, allows for even more of it. Wonderful. And what I love about it that you have also freedom as there as being part of the Google that you can still post quite a bit of the social media and have your words heard, but also brand yourself and have that nice digital footprint that is coming from you in your authentic, genuine way. Um, and obviously, as you mentioned, you were gravitating towards also having some latinous opportunity where you have a little bit of your personal prof uh, professional practice uh, that you're building um, and, 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 and dabbling into entrepreneurship. So with that in mind, uh, A, kudos again to Google, kudos to you uh, as a millennial and as a person who that you are excited and eager to 
try it and put things out there and they're actually not only just whatever but quality content and a very in good insights um, I know that a lot of people are still struggling with that uh, and I always keep saying no matter which company you're part of eventually you might leave or even if you don't again you just name of the company but what comes to, about you how do we know who Jennifer is so do you mind uh, sharing again with the audience around your personal branding and things that you realize or, or, or some had some aha moments um, that prompts you to do certain things, obviously help you to attract right people and right talent and right resume for the work that you're doing to make sure obviously you have a great pool and, and high interest because that's amazing exposure beyond just, uh, you know, not as interactive um, LinkedIn job posts, for example, right? right? Or website posts. But I also love, because it's so much more personal, it just draws people in and, and that they really wanna have a conversation. So I see so many beautiful values, but I just wanna hear from your perspective, what you found it to be a major driver and then some of the things you do that makes you super excited about it. Yeah, yeah. You have such great questions. Um, so branding, branding is so important. And, you know, of course I am a contractor at Google and I love Google and I love Google culture and everything that it stands for. But at the end of the day, I am, I am me and I'm building my brand and that's me and who I am. Um, and luckily Google's values do align with mine. So that works for me in this moment. Um, but, but you're completely right that, you know, this isn't forever. We grow, we change, we adapt. And so, it's so important that you carve out a piece for yourself that really is you separate from your job, I feel. Um, and just let people get to know the authentic you. Um, you know, I, I feel like so many people really struggle with this and, and I get that, you know, it's easy for me to say, be yourself because I'm an extrovert and, you know, I don't really care, you know, <laughs> I'll play it all out there, you know, I'm an open book. And so I get that. I, I get that not everybody is lay it all on the line. But, but do what you can, you know, sh show who you are, show a piece of yourself to people um, and, and start networking. And you will be surprised um, how people just respond. You know, I honestly got on LinkedIn and, um, you know, I just, I start filming myself and just talking about whatever I want to talk about that day. And it's, it's not anything really staged. It's not, you know, sometimes I put on a little makeup because I'm like, I don't want to film the video looking all crazy looking, but you know, what I want to talk about just, just comes from within and, and just be honest and be yourself and put what you have to share out there in the world with others. And you'd be surprised how many people have the same exact thoughts as you and who are just going to be your cheerleaders, cheer you on and want to help you succeed. That is fantastic. So you guys, if you're listening and watching, um, this is the great, great golden nugget because Specifically right now, since we cannot network in the way we used to, and a lot of people even even would not leverage and utilize networking opportunities, this is a phenomenal way not only to get more connections, get more opportunity uh, and people that you can influence, but to have a real dialogue and who knows, new strategic partnerships, new opportunities that come uh, along by putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. Um, one of the things that I'm also seeing and trend-wise, obviously, besides personal branding and figuring out, um, obviously, this amazing blend of digital aspects of it. How can we really navigate it? And to me, if I'm right now in hiring position and looking for candidates, it's like, oh my God, look at her. I know how she speaks already. 
um, what energy she exudes. I can tell so much about you just by watching few things you already posted. I already know how you think and I have a pretty good sense. And now it's like just the gravy. It was like, oh my God, she's looking for opportunity. Let me see how we can fit this in our culture, whatever might be situation. So guys, this is how easy it can be. But I'm sure beside the Google, you're very uh, in tuned of what is going on because we have so many unemployed people right now. So many contract laws, so many things being postponed. And I even, with my uh, company, having the roller coaster ride, things going up and down. And it's, it, everybody's waiting for election to pass or end of this year before they really pull the trigger. So what do you see just in general around across the United States uh, beside the Google and, and obviously hiring at Google? What other symptomatic issues do you see? And then what would you say will be great to pivot and some great solutions to augment that? Yeah, so definitely a theme that I've seen is that uh, within tech, most of the companies have started to slow down, unfortunately, due to the pan pandemic. Um, you know, this like not knowing what's going to happen and this unsureness has caused many of uh, many of them to roll back on how much they are hiring this year. I've seen it across the board, you know, Facebook, Twitter, all these other companies, they had a bunch of jobs posted in March and then poof, by April, they were like all taken offline. Um, because when we, we live in this sort of unknowing fear space, um, you know, people don't know what to do and they don't want to move forward to that next step. So I'm really hoping and thinking that we will have, um, more opportunities and there will be more job opportunities within tech and in general next year in 2021, once, um, things settle down, um, of course that is assuming things settle down. <laughs> we, we don't know it's going to happen and that, yeah. I'm definitely like such a planner and that's been hard for me because you can't plan like anything. <laughs> I, I, I totally can relate to that, Jennifer. It's like, oh my God, but, but I still filled my agenda. I was like, okay, maybe not with everything I wanted, but I'm, I st it's still full. Yes, yes. Staying busy um, is, is crucial to that as well. Um, so yeah. One of the things that I was, I'm seeing, and, and, and that's a great point because it's, guys, we're right now in October, right? So she already seen things shifting and all of us have seen in some ways shifting and we still see some posts, but then I'm seeing things recycle and I understand importance of pipeline so that everybody can understand that a lot of times they, they're, they're, the organization, specifically larger Fortune 500 are having pipeline where they're having potential candidates that may be able to use their access in, in any given point between three, six, nine months. And in some cases, is now obviously 12 plus months down the road. Uh, but what, what I'm also seeing is obviously um, not necessarily freeze, but a lot of companies are just not as dynamic interactive. And, and that is really shocking to me. It's like, you don't have to be Google and have all these extra people available, but you, you can still have your uh, employees and people that are part of, of your culture pivot and share what is happening because if you're not having right voice or know and information almost I feel like things are just completely fading away and you're not anymore on top of your mind of others but also that doesn't make us attractive because it doesn't make you approachable or, or, or people just simply hearing what's going on just from the stock value or from you know major turnaround in the leadership from you know top tier 
and and it is very very hazy and it can be very unsettling as well it's like what do i getting myself into am i going to be part of another turmoil and crisis um so i really really encourage everybody that are watching and listening that are part of other organizations to think about their own individual branding obviously and things that jennifer is doing and and then also being sharing some of their your ideas because more you do that the more opportunities to connect and find similar tribe or people that you resonate with, right? From across the world. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think businesses should be networking right now too on LinkedIn just to stay visible. Like, just like you said, you know, if you're not hiring right now and you are going to kind of fade into the background. So you do need to stay relevant, stay on top of things, um, you know, stay working on social media and, and getting those things going so that you can remain relevant. Um, and as far as job seekers go, you know, if you're looking for something, um, and you're not having any luck right now, you know, continue networking. It, networking isn't something for today. You know, networking is like you plant the seeds to harvest like two years later, you know, it's very much so a later sort of thing. Um, it, it's building the relationships. It's, you know, putting that time in now. And so I would recommend doing that now while you have the time lay that foundation and develop those relationships. I love what you just said, not immediately pivot as somebody asked to connect and then throw up at them with all of the stuff that is going on or you want or you need and being very, very needy. And then truly not even just the neediness, some people can still accept and understand that, but also without really understanding the other side and where the, the organization is at and can they truly help you or how do you can best pivot that? But I also well, love what you just said, taking time and building yourself new skills, new education, new trains, new courses, whatever that is, improving your LinkedIn profile, improving your resume, guys. And Jennifer will be launching pretty soon uh, her own company where she can truly give you amazing uh, reviews and opportunity to know where you stand and how you can be on the top of the pile in your niche and in your industry. But when you mention networking, this is what's so confusing to so many people. I run into this, I don't know about you, when they're like, how do you network in virtual worlds? It's like, it's just so weird. It's like, you know, but just these calls or Zooms and I feel like I just wasted my time. So do you mind giving just some of the good tips to network, like length of the meeting, uh, targeted topic, and then how you position and follow up so that really people understand what that looks like in today's environment? Yeah, sure. So, so for me personally, I always, if possible, like to maybe like chat a couple messages over LinkedIn first as well. You know, a great opener, you know, obviously don't start with what can I do? What can you do for me kind of thing. But, um, you know, I find that that the people who I respond the best to usually just let me know that they they had something they liked in my content that they resonated with. Or, you know, there's something about me, you know, they're like, you're so, you're so inspiring. Like, I would love to speak to you or, you know, how are you? What, what, what new business ventures have you been involved in? So just kind of like probing people just a little bit to find out what, what they're doing. You know, maybe this person is a software engineer and you actually need to get in touch with a software engineer. Um, but you wouldn't know that because it's not something like typically listed on their profile. You ask them the kind of question, like, what, what kind of new thing are you up to? So, so generally I probe a little bit first via that way. Um, and then I would say the next step is to usually have the person contact you. Um, that says to me that they're serious. I give someone my email um, because, you know, that's going to weed out the people who are lazy. You know, if you're too lazy to send me an email to set up time with me, then 
sorry, it's not going to happen. So I put the ball in their court and, you know, people who are serious will reach out. Um, and therefore, you know, at that point, you've already kind of narrowed it down to the people who at least are interested legitimately. Um, and then from there, it's just sort of having the conversations with people. And I would say that no conversation is not useful. You know, maybe you didn't get out of it what you thought you would. Maybe you wanted some mentoring. Maybe you wanted a business opportunity and maybe that's not what you ended up with. But you had some time to talk to someone. You started to develop a relationship. And assuming the conversation went even remotely well, um, then that's someone you can talk to again in the future, um, whether it's on a personal level or a professional level. Um, and so I, I think every conversation is beneficial. So just do your homework beforehand. Uh, if you are pressed for time, that way you can just really be making the most of the people you are speaking to. Brilliant. And I'm so glad you're sharing that because again, guys, I know it's a different way how we interact, the way how we communicate, but it's so important. But also it's important, in my opinion, coming from the leadership perspective, to be serving, to offer something in, instead of just be asking for. But then also when you build these beautiful relationships, then you're on top of people's mind and they can think about something about you or for you. Or I love because this creates amazing opportunity for great partnerships, you know, and, and again, it's like, it's more, it's very lonely to do everything by yourself but it's super exciting when you're doing with people that you know you can trust you can um introduce to your uh high-end clientele or, or or people that you really respect and and then the things can truly just magically naturally happen so i know we're getting close to the top of the hour jennifer and talking to you is absolutely uh, so refreshing and um love your energy again but i wanted to before we uh, wrap up this uh, session, this segment, and then we'll definitely have you back. I wanted to ask you, so now with everything that is going on, uh, what would be something that you are seeing the next exciting thing you wanted to do and something that you also from leadership perspective wanted to build your own legacy, something you will be known for, because I know with thinker that you are and doer that you are, that you are definitely on the path to greatness. Not only did I publish the book from fear to greatness, business, sports, and life lessons, and Jennifer is obviously sharing so many of her personal and professional one guys, but when you see someone like that, not only action, but also pivoting, learning, and, and, and looking these different elements that are contributing to success, you're creating snowballing effect, and it is possible during this time. So let's, let's, Share a little bit about that for, for audience so they can get inspired and seeing things from very different perspective. Yeah, of course. Um, so this has been really interesting, my story into networking and starting like my kind of entrepreneurship because I, you know, I started working at Google. I, I got on LinkedIn because I had to for Google. Um, you know, I had it for years. I never used it. And I, you know, revamped it for Google because I'm like, okay, you know, candidates will be looking at this. It should look good. So I got it all fixed up and honestly just got on there hoping to, to meet some people I could network with, maybe find some potential jobs and, and that was about it. But being on there and then sharing my story um, and just hearing how many people responded to that and told me like I needed to hear that um, just really inspired me because I am that girl who is comfortable being vulnerable. I will tell you basically anything about me and, and that that I would say is one of my superpowers. You know, not everybody in the world is that comfortable with who they are. And I am. So I don't mind 
taking that piece of myself and, and bearing it all on the line if it's going to help others. So, so that's what I just started doing. And, and doing that just inspired me to, to want to do it even more and to help even more people, you know, find their dream job and find something that they're super passionate about. So um, it's actually led me to start developing my own website. I should have that out within the next week or two. And then I am starting my own uh, side resume review business. So I will be helping uh, candidates and job seekers and it's just kind of come full circle. You know, it wasn't, you asked me two months ago, like, are you going to start a side business? I'd be like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. And, but it was just something that, that, you know, weighed on my heart in a good way. And it's just something that I really feel like I need to do um, because I just want to, I want to help everyone who, who has those doubts about themselves to know that, you know, you can do it. You just need to get past your fear and, and just lay it all on the line. I think that is fantastic. And with that breaking through the fear and now going on, you know, on this amazing path to greatness of not only what you capable, but with that greatness, what, what are you capable to helping others and, and to do for others? I'm curious, what would you like to, um, when they say on the end of the day of your career or your life, what would you want to be remembered by? What would you say my life at this point, I know things may change over time, but it's like Isabella, something that I know that I did or accomplished will make me feel like I had a really fulfilled life or I did something that mattered or that was important. Yeah, I think the ultimate goal is I would love to, you know, I love working in staffing and coaching and mentoring. And so I would love to stay in that space and maybe eventually work to being a, a keynote speaker, something like that, um, to really share with others, because I feel like that is just where I shine. And so I feel like the more I build, the more I grow, the more I learn, just the more I'm going to have to offer. So my goal is just to, to learn as much as I can and, and then take that and throw it back out into the world and hope that I can, you know, make someone smile or make some small positive change. Cause that's all the world really needs is, is everyone just trying to be better and uh, trying to be nicer and it would be a better place. Absolutely can't agree more with that. So guys, listen to that. This is brilliant. It's not too late to rent yourself. It's not too late to really re revisit your dreams and aspirations and position for that. It's not late to start your company. It's never late to, if needed, to change industry or, or, or company you're working for or with and uh, start all over. So guys, again, I hope you get a lot from this opportunity and anything I just want to ask in closing for Jennifer, anything in closing you would like to share with the audience so that they can, um, moving forward, take some really actionable steps. Yeah, yeah. Um, to wrap up, I would say, you know, get out there and network. I started networking two months ago, guys, and it has completely changed my life. I, you know, I've never been on anyone's podcast before. I've never done anything like that. You know, I've always been a natural leader in my life, but if you're not sharing that part of yourself with the world, how is anyone going to know what you have to offer? Um, so, so, you know, get past that fear, share what you can share what you're willing, um, and just get out there and talk to people and make connections because it'll change your life.